Hi everyone, how you all doing? I'm good. Hey Alex, what's up? Hey Sam, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Elaine, I just see you dropping in there. How are you? Hey Alex, I'm literally in from a day of tanning. <laughs> it's been the best day ever. How's day 1162 of lockdown? <laughs> Obviously, I'm as brown as I was after Bali last year, but this year I won't be going further than the Nine Stones in Wexford. I can't believe this is happening. Like, it's just mm. insane. How, what, 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 like, is, is it this obviously the same for you guys? Darren and I should be on a three-week tour of the east coast of Australia, doing all sorts of activities. Uh, and unfortunately, I'm closer to Bali Hornus than I am uh, Bali. Are you resentful, Alex? Like, does that really rot you that, you, you know, that, like, you're, you're not way, way to twist the knife there <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to be traveling the east coast of australia are you just yeah. raging that you you're not there well obviously you are sorry. yeah of course of course like there's, there's always that element of you know what if and you know it, it was really tough um but to be honest seeing that this isn't let's say an uh, australia specific or ireland specific thing seeing this is a worldwide thing and, you know, looking at it from, you know, being able to stand back and look at it objectively saying, you know, we are very well off and very in a, you know, very, in a very good position to be in because, you know, you look around the world and people are, are literally dying from this. Um, mm -hmm. So for us to, to, you know, to be upset as we were initially about not being able to go on a holiday is upsetting. But, you know, as we keep telling ourselves, Australia will always be there. Well, I'm, I'm angry. I'm angry every day. <laughs> I am so angry. Yeah, I'm so, like, look, I know that there is there are people in worse positions and I know that things are really tough out there for people. But there's just, I'm like, why did it have to be this year? Why couldn't it be it, next it's year? A, it's, it's okay to be angry. <laughs> Siobhan Murray, coaching psychotherapist. I'm delighted to see you. I'm delighted to see you too. Listen, can I introduce you to those four voices that you just heard? One of them you may know or know of. So it's Alex, my eldest of three. Uh, he's 23. His girlfriend, Darren. Darren had and Alex had given up their jobs or were getting ready to go to Australia. That's where they're supposed to be right now. But they're at home. Elaine, who is Darren's cousin, who is also a secondary school teacher. And then Sam, who is um, in college, friend of Alex's, and he hasn't seen his girlfriend in a very long time. You know, it's one of those things with your with your own. It, he's my the first time out there trying to finish college after getting all the way through that. And he was supposed to be in Australia right now. So he's very disappointed with that. Um, and, you know, I just think that that generation now, they've had a tough time. And um, they're coming, whether it's the leaving search and given everything that happened to students this year, Year. Then if you're in college, the summers that you were supposed to be some of the best summers of your lives gone, even given the name of the series, Atypical Irish Summer. Um, and then Darren had and Alex had given up their jobs or were getting ready to go to Australia. That's where they're supposed to be right now. But they're at home. So they're all a little bit lost. Um, and I thought this would be great if we could help them getting in the experts like yourself to look at the key areas of their lives and see if we could help them a little bit. They are all just trying to make the best 
of the situation. But don't they sound a little bit lost? You know, what really strikes me in listening to them is there's there's a little bit of buoyancy in their their voices, but they're quite flat. And I think everybody at this point, regardless of age, I think it has been an almighty shock. It's been like we've all been hit with a massive tsunami, a tidal wave that we've survived, that has left us shipwrecked on a desert island and we're all going, well, what do we do now? Yeah. That, you know, we're all okay for those that are, that haven't been affected. I think there's there's a lot of guilt for our younger generation who haven't been affected that are talking about things like um, uh, going on holidays um, or not going on holidays or traveling. And there's a, a guilt where people are going, well, Jesus, you know, isn't everybody all right? Well, yes, everybody's all right. But, you know, the, the people in their 20s who haven't been as affected as maybe other people have, they still had a sense of a plan. They still had stuff that they wanted to do. I think this is where we really have to bolster their spirits without preaching to them, without telling them this is what you need to do. We need to be able to show them what resilience is. And what is it? And if you look it up, um, the definition of it, it is bouncing back from adverse situations. Now, if I could get that term and rip it up and take it out of the dictionary, I would, because nobody is bouncing back from anything. <laughs> we are crawling through existence right now, whether it's through work, college, relationships. Resilience is adaptability. It's our ability to adapt to adverse situations. We learn how to be resilient. That's something that we have to experience. We're not born resilient. It's experience in life that helps us to become more resilient as we go through life. So what we can do is we can guide people on how they can learn to be more resilient. One of the things that I loved in this was, you know, Alex was being very polite and nice about not being able to be in Australia right now. And he said, what is the line? Um, I'm closer to Ballyhonest than I am to Bally. So, you know, <laughs> even take focusing in on the travel aspect of them at the moment. Elaine says that she lives near the Wicklow Way, but has never been on it and is trying to look at the good side. And but Darren comes in, boom, and says, I'm angry. It's upsetting. But, you know, as we keep telling ourselves, Australia will always be there and that opportunity to travel will always be there. And I think that is some element of comfort for us. Well, I'm, I'm angry. I'm angry every day. <laughs> <laughs> I am so angry. Yeah, I'm so, like, I know that there is there are people in worse positions and I know that things are really tough out there for people. But there's just, I'm like, why did it have to be this year? Why couldn't it be I mean, next it's a, year? <laughs> it's, it's okay to be angry. Just because someone else is worse off in their position doesn't mean you can't be angry about yours. What do we do with that? She's right to be angry. And we have we have an obligation to listen to her, yes. to be angry. And this is where it's really important. Being angry is not a bad thing. And if we tell somebody, oh, don't be angry, charge your grant. Did nobody's nobody sick or I'm um, sure. Don't you have X, Y and Z to look forward to? Or aren't you working and aren't you healthy? Yeah. All of that. Mm. But hang on a minute. Darren is angry. And in the only way she's going to deal with that anger is to actually say, I'm angry. Once you actually start to say that, once you start to process, why am I angry? What actually am I angry? Am I angry because I put all this time and effort into planning to go to Australia and it didn't happen? Or am I angry that I'm not in Australia? 
or am I angry because I lost money? What specifically am I angry about? Why do we feel so dirty saying we're angry? We're educated to not from a very young age. Don't be angry. Mm. Uh, don't be, you be angry. It's not a nice trait. And especially in women. We're told from a young age, that's just not a nice trait in you to be angry. Uh, and in boys, it's, you know, don't be angry. Don't be sad. There's a lot of words that are used that are the, what we are perceived as negative words. Mm. But we don't turn around to people and say, don't be happy. Yeah. You know, you're, you're too happy. Stop being too happy. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, you know where we'll turn around and say, you're being too angry. Your mm. anger doesn't equate to the situation. Mm. But in that moment, and more often than not, when people are angry and, and that inner turmoil, it's generally a culmination of other stuff as well. And it then, it gets targeted at one area. It's not just the one thing. But resilience is about how we adapt. Okay, so we're not going to Australia now. Okay, be angry. Don't just let it go because you've put an awful lot of time and effort into planning it and organizing it and saving for it. But okay, what are we gonna do next? So can we plan for next year? So can we go back to the drawing board? There's actually a matrix, bizarrely enough. There's an actual formula for helping somebody to learn how to become more resilient. And it's to it's called the four S's. In that, you're going to look at who, who do I call on that's a good ear to listen to. Now, that could be your granny. That could be your best friend. Your fella. Your fella. Alex, yeah. Who's, who's being really calm. Yeah. It could be your fella's mum. Mm. Anyone. It, it doesn't matter. It's Sometimes it's not the most obvious person, but it's the person who gives you that objective support. Okay. So who are those people? There's another part of this, which is called your sagicity. Those little sayings. Wisdoms. That get, wisdoms. Mm. Those nuggets of wisdoms that get you through the day. Mine is what other people think of me is none of my, my business. business. I love it. I, keep on keeping on. Yeah. Chop wood, bring water, just do the next right thing. Yeah. Because sometimes we get so bogged down and it's just whenever you're having that doubt of, you know, am I doing the right thing? What other people think of you, it's none of your business. Okay. You've got your strategies. So inevitably we'll have had an encounter with a situation previously in our lives that caused us discomfort that we've had to work through so if it's say we're looking at the leaving certain we're looking at guys they didn't get picked for a team on football rugby uh hockey ga whatever um broke up in a relationship what got you through it what yeah. strategies got you through that built up your resilience before okay so it doesn't matter that it's a different situation it's what strategies did you use? So you've got your support, you've got your sagacity, and now you've got your strategies. So you write all of these down going, okay, how did I deal with whatever this situation was before? Yeah. It doesn't matter how minor or major it was. It's seeing what patterns of behavior you have got that have worked. But if you got a sheet of paper and did a cross, big cross, and you put each four, you've got your four S's, one in each block, and you put, so you write down in one block, what are the things that your bits of wisdom, what are your strategies? Um, and the fourth one is solution focused. How, what was the solution? How did you get to the end? What was the solution to the issue? Write them all down on a sheet of paper for a previous experience. Called me granny, yeah. the line from a TikTok song that I saw is a thing that I live my life by. Yeah. Put it all down, then get another sheet of paper, 
another big cross with the issue that you have now and it could be I'm angry about not going to Australia. So how am I going to build my resilience and learn from this and build up the tools to actually move past this? Love it. And then go, actually, I just need to speak to somebody. Who is that person I need to speak to who's actually going to be a voice of reason that's a good person that doesn't keep telling me to cop on (laughs) or get over yourself or sure, you know, it'll be grand. Who is that person? What is that sagacity that I I actually do believe that I'm temporarily forgetting about because I'm so busy being angry? Yeah. And put all of that down and work through it. The whole point of, of helping to build resilience is that you become more responsive versus reactionary. Let's just even look at the, the current situation. We're still in a global pandemic. Things are shifting on a weekly basis. There is no new normal. And actually, it's a little bit of a bugbear with me. You know, this is the new normal. Well, next week, there's another new normal. Like how many new normals can there be? We're constantly changing. When we're under stress and we're under that heightened level of stress, which we've been under for three months now, this is not the time to be making drastic decisions. Love this. Because I don't know about you, Tara, but can you sit there and tell me that you've made some really, really good decisions when you're under huge levels of serious stress? Never. Listening to the guys when we're recording for this, listening to them and on the top level, hi, 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 how are you? And everything's great. And they're all flying it in their different areas of their lives and what they're doing but then as as we got deeper into the issues there is stress there in all the different levels and yes. um, they're all you know sound lovely people who of like all of us how are you fine 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 and then you get into the detail a bit more and they're they're Irish they're struggling with some things and they're angry and they're upset the underlying stress is there the whole time and we're only slowly getting used to it and getting to hear it come out if you think i mean there's two examples that i use if you think that you're in a i will say mild car crash nobody is injured but you've had to slam on the brakes really really hard you didn't think i have to slam on the brakes it was completely involuntary you do that automatically that's your stress response so it's fight flight or freeze so your fight would be to slam on the brakes so you've got a higher level of cortisol There's a higher level of glucose because you need a sugar rush. That's what happens. So all that's going on in your body. And then somebody comes along and goes, oh, Tara, let me get you come out of the car. Are you all right? Are you all right? Um, I'll get you a cup of tea. Well, I put two, six sugars in it, actually. Six sugars. Sure, somebody get her a chocolate biscuit. And we, we never actually question why is somebody doing that? That's to bring your sugar levels back up because your sugar levels have plummeted. So then you go home and everything is fine and you go back to normal. That's our normal levels of stress. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm using an extreme. Okay. So now think about three months ago, you come downstairs and your back door is open and you look out into the back garden and the kids are in the house, Alex included, your big kid. And there is a family of big brown hungry bears in your back garden. And there's no way out because there's walls in your back garden. So you run around, your cortisol levels are going, glucose, exact same thing that's happened when you were in your little minor car accident. You close all the windows and doors and now you know the brown bears are locked in the back garden. They stay there and they're hungry. 
and they've been there for the last three months. Now you've got used to seeing them in yeah. the back garden. You you know they're there, but you've the back doors. But every now and then, there is that. Oh my God, the hungry bears are still in the back garden. They still want to get my family. They're they're not going anywhere. So we get used to it, but your stress levels are still high. That's what's happened to everybody, whether they're four year olds, six year olds whether they're 18, 24, 34. So it's so your advice, better. no big decisions, no big major decisions uh, unless and I will say this, unless it's for the safety of yourself, your mental health and your physical, your physical health. But, you know, the reality of I'm working from home remotely and I've had an argument with my boss. I said I'm handing my job, my notice in my job and I'm, I'm going to just sit here because you've had an argument that's reactionary or I'm going to split up with my boyfriend because he's not as upset about going to Australia as I am yeah. and why is he not as upset as I am so I'm going to split up with him yeah. you know th- yeah. and people do that whereas this is not the time this is the time to actually take a step back and go okay how am I going to manage myself in managing the situation with most of the time what we've been taught is how do I manage the situation yes but it's not about the situation. It's actually about how do I manage myself? And how do you? Well, it goes right back to resilience. Mm. So if we understand how we got ourselves through a previous experience, it doesn't have to be what one person's trauma mightn't be the next person's trauma. It's all mm. relative to that person. Trauma could be changing schools. Trauma could be, actually, I remember for one person, it could be moving from sixth class to first year. Nothing else has happened in their world that was traumatic, but they remember that. But they actually got through it. Therefore, they're resilient. You know the way when you are, something like this happens, okay? Whether it's it's for either of the four, right? Of Whether it's Alex, Sam, Darren or Elaine. And it's so easy to go, oh, poor me. I'm meant to be in France right now. I'm meant to be in Australia as the other two, um, you know, Bondi right now or two weeks in a yoga retreat. Instead, I'm here and I can't get a job or Darren is working frontline in Beaumont or Elaine is in the middle of doing the sleeve insert and Sam doesn't know what he's going to do. All he wants to do is see his girlfriend and go and get traveling. So because they can't travel or, or go ahead, it can be easy. Then everyone else says, oh, you poor thing. And then it makes them fall worse, if all further into the victim victim scenario. What would you say to them then? So basically, if they use these strategies, they'll have an answer to respond yeah. to. So it could be worse. I'm going next year, actually. Or could be worse. We're going to go to England to oversee our cousin in as soon as it opens up in August. Well, you know, the interesting thing is sometimes it's all right to trip down the rabbit hole and have okay. a pity party. Okay. I, I'm all for it. I'm all, <laughs> believe me. And and I know some people might listen to me going, Jesus, is this all she has to complain about? But I, as a single mum of two teenagers who I guess I am full sole custodian of these two glorious, I say little, they're very tall. <laughs> um, and I worked all year to pay for the two of them at the same time for the first time ever to go to the Gaeltacht. June oh. was my month. Oh, Sean. June. You never told me this. I didn't know this. Oh, my God. June was my month. One was going for two oh. weeks and the other was going for three weeks. So it's not that I was going anywhere. Oh. So I haven't lost out on that holiday. So I haven't. 
but I've had my peace and tranquility taken away. I am so glad you brought this up. I meant to say this to you before. Elaine is living with her parents, right? After she was in a big relationship, it broke up. She is living with her parents again. And she said, often you take this out, whatever you're going through, out on those closest to you. So you're in for a bit of crack. And do you have any advice for Elaine? And and you know what? That's so interesting. Being back home is, God, we're adults. We're not supposed to live with our parents. And I know situations are very different. And we, you know, statistically, I think I think the last time I read this, which was last year, there was some statistics around. Um, it's actually 34 before kids are leaving home. Um, what age your eldest again? <laughs> I'm still, we're still a few years to go. Um but when you have lived, and that's one thing if you've been staying at home and you're still saving and whatever, but if you've lived away from home and you're back home mm. and you're living under the confines, confinements of the family home, um, that's difficult. It is difficult to have those boundaries in place and being able, I actually, this is probably, I should put this into the whole resilience, make a, a fifth area is sometimes you need to bend down and tie your shoelaces and let the S-H-I-T fly right over your head. Because if you're going to continually get into it, get into those conversations, get into, well, no, I don't actually like eating that. No, I don't want to have another cup of tea. No, actually, I just need quiet time. Is if you're going to constantly keep getting into that, you're going to be exhausted. And you know, we've spoken about this I mean, the other area I I talk about is burnout, but burnout, not from overdoing it from a physical point of view. But if we're not building that resilience to deal with ourselves in order to manage people, so it's managing ourselves to manage others. If we're not doing that, we will end up emotionally burnt out. I'm thinking of another of your, is it sagicity? Yes. I finally get that word. Um, So uh, pick your battles. Pick your battles. And I have an aunt who lives in the States, God love her. And she is, um, pick your battles and bend with the wind. One final one. There yes. may be a hidden agenda in this question. <laughs> How can they be less angry with some of the nice adults who love them, who are in their lives? Just Isn't wondering it? for a friend. Just wondering for a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think here's the thing. For the adults, regardless of the age of their gorgeous uh, adult children or younger children, it's also about the adults bending down and tying the shoelaces and remembering that these kids, even adult kids, when push comes to shove, they revert back to being emotionally little kids and they just want mum or dad to make it better. And right now we we can't make it better for our adult kids. We can't turn around and go, listen, I'll lend you a grand so you can get a plane ticket and go to Australia because there is no plane ticket to go to Australia. So the frustration and we do, we take out our frustrations on the people that we love the most or the people that are closest to us. So I think we we get into the adults the adult adults get into a little bit of a false sense of security that they're looking at these younger adults thinking they're adults Mm. but actually there are children so they may be 35 or 25 but actually they're still kids damn it I know that is the perfect place to end this and of course it's super wise and super thing and it's it's too much and it's it's on it's on I know what I have to do it's what I'm trying to say (laughs) Okay, guys, I'm going to head here and walk the dogs. 
they're overwalked, but they're gonna be walked again. They need their team. Uh, they're like, oh, again, Jesus. See you later. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Good talking to you. A Typical Irish Summer is an original podcast produced by Paul Moriarty. I'm Tara Lockery-Grant. Join me next time when we'll be discussing love.